Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Think of selfishness in your marriage like junk food. Uh, it might feel good for a moment, but it never works out well in the long run. I'm John Fuller, along with counselors and authors Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin. And Greg, there are many bad habits in marriage. I'm assuming most of them can be traced back to selfishness. Absolutely. I remember hearing someone use this phrase. They said that parenting will make you realize how angry you are. We just think about that. Parenting will reveal how angry you are, but marriage reveals how selfish you are because you're taking two people very different, both have lots of wants and desires, and you're blending them together, asking them to to live together 24-7, and it just, it'll bring out that selfishness. In Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, and, and it's those things that really are at the root of conflict, mm. and, and that's all self-interest. Vain conceit is when I know that I'm right, and so she's wrong, and yeah. it's just going to take me, you know, maybe fifteen minutes to help her. I'll explain it, and exactly. she'll she'll agree. <laughs> right, I, you're right, right. dear. All self interest, um, selfish ambition, is when I know what I want, mm-hmm. and I want what I want, and so I just need to spend time helping her understand that. Let's do it my way. Yeah. And those those things are all about self interest, but that's what really creates conflict. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and hear ways to deal with conflict and build a healthier marriage. Jim Daly talked with Pastor Craig Groeschel, who's the pastor of Life Church. Why do you think in this culture, this may be rhetorical, but you look at a culture that's increasingly self-focused, mm-hmm. narcissistic, some people might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we raise kids today, we raise them with uh, maybe an unhealthy amount of attention on them. Mm-hmm. We're the chauffeurs. We take them to sporting events here and there. and cooking pancakes every day, right. you know, whatever it might be. But the, they learn that the world is really about me. Mm-hmm. And then they grow up. And now I think we're suffering the consequences of that because marriages are breaking apart because I think of the self-centeredness. I think so. Too. I think entitlement is a massive problem. And anytime we try to enter into any relationship with an entitled spirit, then we're going to suffer all day long. Do you and think it's higher today than it was 30, 40 years ago? Oh, absolutely. Ago? I think there's no question about it. And you talk about narcissism. I think you know, in our selfie-centered generation, it's, you know, it's really scary how we're trained to make all the attention about us. And in a marriage, it cannot be about us or it's going to be toxic to the relationship. And so you know, I, I, when you look at society today, I see several things I think that they're hurting. One is, you know, it, there's an entitled spirit to the temptations to get into sinfulness are everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And then people just don't value marriage. They're getting married later or not at all. And so there's a real lack of understanding of the meaning and the purpose behind it. If you put all those together, we are basically as a culture equipping people to divorce mm-hmm. rather than equipping people to serve God together in marriage. Craig, you really you have a great ability to reach into young people's lives, 20-somethings, 30-somethings. You're here in Denver uh, doing a Catalyst event. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know about that, that's the, the market for that conference. It's younger people. Mm-hmm. MTV did a study, I think it was 2007, and they surveyed their viewership. Now, I was surprised to learn it starts at 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but they went from 12 to 24 mm-hmm. And 90% of their viewership, 12 to 24, in the survey said that they 
they wanted to find their lifelong mate and be married to that person mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. It's in their heart. Do you think that's right. like a God stamp? I would think so. I, I think that I, I really do. I think there's a longing in almost everybody I know to find someone to share life with. And, and um, what's interesting is that even though all the cultural messages really are opposed to that, that still people who are feeding on that, like you said, watching MTV, still say that's at the top of their desires. And so I would think it would have to be a God-given desire that he puts within people. I thought it was interesting, too. They said 60%, in essence, 60% felt they could do it, that it would be mm -hmm. uh, attainable. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's a little disconnect there. Others mm -hmm. thinking, in this culture, I probably won't stay married right. to the same person. Right. It's interesting that they would even have that formed in their mm -hmm. 12 to 24-year-old perspective already that it may not work. You know, I'll be real honest. I became a Christian in college, and before that, I didn't know if I would be able to have what it took to be faithful in marriage as I looked ahead. But just I was so programmed to lie and to cheat, and that's just kind of what I knew. And so I remember thinking, I don't know if I could be faithful in marriage. And so it really took coming to Christ, renewing my mind to where, you know, I knew it would be possible with him guiding us. You started there, and it's, I think it's good for us to explore that a little bit because um, it, it is a, a reprogramming of your behavior, mm -hmm. not in a psychobabble way, mm -hmm. but in a spiritual way to Absolutely. say, okay, I'm going to give this up, like what Paul's writing about. Mm -hmm. You know, forget that and reach for the prize. Right. It is kind of that, uh, it is that approach. Mm -hmm. how, how do you counsel a young person who maybe is, maybe an engaged couple, mm -hmm. and um, you're telling them, okay, you've come out of promiscuity, perhaps. Mm -hmm. You know their background. Give us an example of what that counseling session looks like Well, today. we're actually trying to even start before that. You know, I want to catch them when they are 12, and we really want to teach um, the concept of purity not just in actions, but in a mindset. And so I feel like if you catch them at 20, 21, 25 years old, whatever, that's really late in the game. Mm. But let's, to answer your question, if we do get them there, you know, what we try to do is I'll, I'll sit down and show them, let's look at what culture is doing or, or showing you. Basically, you have sex with multiple people before you're married. You might live with somebody or at least, you know, your toothbrush is at her house or vice versa. And you, you might as well be living together. And so essentially you're doing married things before you're married. And so therefore you're kind of faking marriage. And then when you break up, it's almost like divorce. And so literally you're practicing for divorce. And that's one reason why I believe when people get married, they just, they do what they've been trained to do. They've basically been, been doing what they've been doing for years. And so marriage to them is just a piece of paper. And what we're trying to help them see is that, you know, the gift of lovemaking is a gift that is reserved for marriage. And so by holding back, we're basically we're saying, I'm not going to be a compromiser before marriage. So when we get married, I'm not going to look going, oh, well, I married a compromiser. I'm a compromiser. So I'm going to be worrying my whole time. Or are we going to compromise again? And so we're, we're try we, you can't build a great marriage on a foundation of impurity. So what we want to do is try to live a life of purity and help them be different. If you want something different than what everyone else has, you have to do something different than what everyone else does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the standards we're talking about do appear old fashioned, but they're not old fashioned. We believe they're biblical, they're designed by God, and they lead to a higher result. And so if we can help them to, um, to see there's a different road that leads to a better result, people will actually get excited about it and say, I'm willing to give that up for something much better. 
So, Aaron, um, what about that person who has made some bad choices in his or her past? And, Greg, I appreciate it. I shared some things a couple of episodes ago about bad choices in the past, but they feel like they're being disqualified now. Now, I can't have a great marriage. I've Mm -hmm. blown it. What Mm -hmm. advice do you have? Oh, I've heard that from so many clients, you know, whether it have been choices before they were married, maybe they went through a divorce and now I just don't, I don't deserve to have a good marriage or I'm not, I'm not qualified. There's something broken inside of me that it, I can't have a good relationship. So I encourage that person fight those lies as the first and foremost, become aware of what are you telling yourself about you? Become aware of that and then again, take it to the source of truth. Is that true about you? Is it true that you're so broken that you can't have a good relationship? There's a lot of self-judgment in there and it's going to keep you shut down. So it's taking it directly to the source of truth. Is that true about me first and foremost? So fight those lies. What I will often say to clients who are struggling with that or even to my friends or to my kids and to myself is, what did I learn or how did I grow as a result of this this trial or this choice that I made? Or maybe it was something that was done to me. So it's looking at that that stuff is not wasted. Scripture's so clear about that, that as we work through challenges, whether it be in our marriage or something prior, something about us, something we did, something we chose— that there's a blessing on the other side of it. So spend some time. My father-in-law always called it treasure hunting. And I love that, the thought of that. Just treasure hunting. What is it, what good has come as a result Mm. of this trial? What has God done as a result of this? Mm -hmm. I love, John, a quote from Dennis Watley that says, failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Mm. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something that we can avoid only by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Mm. You know, one of the things that that, that I've done with, with all of our kids is to take them out one by one as they get into their older teenage years, maybe right before they go off to college, and kind of give them my little speech on failure and, and giving them permission to fail, telling them you are going to make poor choices. You, you are going to fail. I, I, I want that for you. I, I hope hmm. that you do that. Sounds pretty cruel, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be, be, because what I don't want to deny them from experiencing is what God then does through that failure. I always tell them that I want you to fail and then learn and then grow and then fail again hmm. and then learn and then grow. And it's just that, that cycle yeah. in, because I want them to have that permission in their life that, that you, you, there's a fallen world. We're going to do stupid things. We're going to make poor choices and, and that's never the end. And so no matter what you've gone through, you are never disqualified as Aaron said that, that, that that's, that's the beauty of marriage. I mean, Aaron, I think about our marriage where we are today, and I, and I love our marriage. We still make plenty of mistakes, and, and we don't have a perfect marriage, and I don't want a perfect marriage. But, but what we do have is a marriage full of grit because we've, we've failed, yeah. and we've made a whole lot of mistakes, but our attitude has always been we're in this till the end, so we're not going anywhere, so let's get help, and then let's learn, and let's grow, and then let's just keep moving forward together. I appreciate that. And, you know, Aaron, as you were speaking earlier, I was just thinking, what's the heart of God? Mm. He is all about restoring. I mean, he is so patient with us, and he wants to pick us up. He's just asking us, will you work with me? Mm. And so that's a that's a good reminder to me that um, it's never too late to mend old ways, to see God 
restore um, what I might have lost through some bad choices. Well, Craig Rochelle and his wife Amy have written a terrific marriage book. It's called From This Day Forward, and uh, as you've heard, they have a lot of great insights. We're going to send that to you as our thank you gift when you join the support team here at Focus on the Family. Uh, Make your contribution online or give us a call. And by the way, if we've kind of touched a nerve here in our conversation, if you're feeling like, ugh, I really need some help figuring this out, um, please know we have caring Christian counselors on staff. We'd love to talk with you, um, and we can set up a free consultation for you. Just call 800, the letter A, and the word family. Or we've got details about finding a counselor in your own area, and uh, that book and an opportunity to donate in the show notes. More from Craig Groeschel next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.